Welcome to the Exam Study Expert Podcast, helping you ace your exams at school and university through the psychology of high performance and the science of studying smarter, not harder. It's my pleasure to introduce your host, the Cambridge-trained memory psychologist and exam success coach, William Wadsworth. Hello and welcome to the Exam Study Expert podcast. It's exam revision season for quite a lot of students and professionals preparing for the big spring summer exam season. So to help people out with that, if you do have exams coming up or, you know, even if they're a little further off, I wanted to do something uh, a little bit special to help you out this week. I've picked out five powerful upgrades uh, that I think can really help move the needle when it comes to the effectiveness of your overall study system and the results you come out with at the end. To qualify for this series, each of the five things I wanted to talk about had to satisfy uh, four criteria. So it had to be something with really high impact, something that I've seen make a massive difference to people time and time again from my teaching and coaching experience. They're relatively small changes, you know, they're not overly complex to implement, but they do have really big impact potential. Second, they've got to be widely applicable, relevant to many different people in many different circumstances. Third, they've got to be relatively simple to explain. And finally, uh, I wanted each of them to be, uh, I guess, ones that I'd consider undervalued. Something that either people aren't talking about so much, or at least I generally don't see thinking about in quite the way I'd normally recommend. Uh, Hidden secret upgrades, if you like. So for each one, I'm going to be taking you through a number of different levels, usually three different levels, based on the idea that everybody starts at a different point. Some of you may already be you know, working at level one, level two, uh, so you may have some of the basics of the idea in place. But I want to sort of really introduce you to this idea that there's a further level to go. And even if you're brand new to any of these five concepts, you know, I'll be starting at the starting at the beginning, starting with the basics, starting with level one, the kind of entry level advice to get you started. So whether you're whether you're just starting out with with a particular concept or whether you're already familiar with it, I hope to have some tips and strategies to help you take that concept to the next level. Rather than packing all five into one big episode, uh, for a little bit of a change this week, I've broken it up into five mini episodes, which I'll be broadcasting daily, uh, one each day this week. Uh, As I used to say back in TV land, which I I sort of slightly worked in um, back in the day, uh, it's uh, it's stripped across the week. Uh, It's TV land terminology for uh, having five separate uh, episodes or shows uh, across the five weekdays. So that's exactly what we're doing this week, folks. I'm very excited. Now, many of you uh, may also know that I'm in the middle of launching my new signature extravaganza VIP programme, the Study Smarter Network, uh, which offers a combination of on-demand video training series uh, plus personal advice from me uh, through office hours, all carefully designed, a programme carefully designed and put together uh, to to really represent the, the ultimate support system for helping you ace your exams the smart way. So from time to time through the mini series this week, I'll signpost where you can find further support on a given topic uh, for those of you that have already signed up or are intending to sign up uh, into the Study Smarter Network. And I'd warmly encourage anybody to do so. I think it's going to be a fantastic programme. And I'm really excited to have already welcomed uh, many members over the past week or so since I first announced it. 
So without further ado, let's dive right into our first upgrade for this series. Study routines, revision plans, time management, revision timetabling, study timetabling, whatever you want to call it. It's something that most of us know we need to do. And it's also something that most people struggle with. It's it's one of the most common coaching conversations that Dr. Alex and myself help people with as part of our coaching work for, for private clients. So our level one advice here is really simple. It's to think about having a routine in the first place. So level one, entry level advice, making the switch from not planning at all to starting to plan. Because even a poorly optimised plan, and I'll talk about how to optimise it better in a moment, even a poorly optimised plan is often a lot better than no plan at all. Particularly if you are struggling with symptoms like procrastination or lack of focus, or perhaps feeling overwhelmed by how much you need to do. All of those things are a sign that if you don't already have a plan, it's a really good idea to start putting one in place. There's just something about having a clear intention for how you want to spend your time. Even if you don't stick to it 100%, even if you don't stick to your plan absolutely to the letter, you're much more likely to get somewhere close to uh, that plan versus if you never spent the time to figure out what you want your days to look like at all and, and wrote out your routine in the first place. So having a plan is almost always better than having no plan at all. A lot of this comes down to the science of intention setting, uh, which is one of the most powerful tools uh, behavioural psychologists have found uh, to help people change their habits and their behaviours for the better. You sit down, set your intention, in this case, setting your intention for you know, what time you're going to start studying, when you're going to stop, when you're going to have your breaks in the day. Uh, and by setting that intention, you're much more likely to see it through than if you hadn't set that intention in advance. So, Having a plan at all is the very basics of effective study planning. And, and, and you know, to be fair, many uh, people I meet through the course of my work have already had a stab at planning their time some way or other. So as we move gears up into level two, uh, getting slightly beyond the, the absolute basics, my advice starts to become a little bit more nuanced. And at level two, the advice is really help, uh, designed to help you turn your plan from being one that's maybe not so effective to one that, that can start to be really effective and, and really useful. And for most scholars, that means keeping your plan simple, keeping it realistic, keeping it flexible. So let's talk about how you do that. An overly elaborate plan is a recipe for trouble because you might stick with it for a couple of days and then, you know, life happens and it all comes unstuck and you end up either abandoning your plan completely or spending ages rewriting it. Thinking back to how I was taught revision planning at school, and, and I don't know if you have the same experience, um, but I was basically uh, shown how to come up with a plan that uh, planned out for the hours of revision I was going to be spending each each day for weeks, possibly even months into the future. I, I was taught to you know write in a particular subject for a particular hour of the day. So, um, you know, I was pretty much doing that at random, really. So, you know, I have things like, you know, 4.12pm on Thursday in seven weeks time, I would do 48 minutes of biology, then switch to 43 minutes of chemistry, or, you know, something like that. I may be exaggerating slightly. Um, but, you know, the trouble with these kind of incredibly granular, long-ranging plans is they're very hard to stick to. Did I stick to mine more than a few days? Definitely not. No way. 
So uh, my first bit of kind of level two advice is really keep it simple. Come up with a timetable, a timetable for your day or your week, a little, a simple little routine that shows you when it's time to work, when it's time to stop, when it's time to rest. I've done a whole module on designing an effective routine as part of my new course, Power Up Productivity, uh, including the chance to show me your plan, show me your timetable and get some personalised feedback and guidance from me. Power Up Productivity and the personalised guidance uh, is one of the pillar courses and services you can get access to at no extra charge uh, as part of the Study Smarter Network. Uh, If you're interested in finding out more, head to examstudyexpert.com forward slash network. But one of the main tips I'd just give to everybody uh, is to keep your plan realistic. So when I see people's plans, when people show me their plans and say, oh, look, here's the timetable I've come up with. What do you think? The most common bit of advice I usually give out is it's too ambitious. You know, that timetable represents an aspiration, a wish, a dream. It's it's if we're being slightly harsh, it's it's feel good planning. You know, wouldn't life be great if I could live in this fantasy land and have this routine? Perhaps your routine is informed by some kind of vague notions of how much you should be studying each day or each week. Yeah, guys, forget all that. Come back down to earth. What's going to be realistic for you to achieve? And very often that means starting with a less ambitious plan but crucially one that you can stick to consistently, day in, day out, even on a bad day. And once you're confident that you can handle that, and if it starts to feel comfortable, then you can build in a bit more time uh, if, if that's the right thing for you, and perhaps even build up towards the original plan you had to start with. But it's much, much better to build up from something that you can be really confident you'll meet, uh, even on a bad day, rather than set off with too grand an ambition only to maybe do it for the first couple of days and then once the initial drive and fizz of that new routine wears off you know you don't do it for day three and four and then you feel a bit discouraged demotivated uh, and you end up doing much less uh, than you would otherwise have done i'd much rather you start sure start consistently give yourself that confidence boost and then as i say you can always build up back to what you thought you wanted to do originally so that's one element uh, of a good study plan and um, having that kind of timetable for your day. Um, but how do you know that you're getting through all your tasks and which tasks you should work on next? Well, that's where the second component uh, of a good study plan comes in. That's your checklist. If you're revising for exams, your checklist is simply a big old list of all the topics, all the different areas of your course that you need to revise uh, and or the different tasks you need to accomplish to prepare for the exam. If you've never gathered them all in one place before, it's a great exercise to do so, particularly if you are uh, having to work across multiple different resources. You know, it's nice and easy if you've just got one textbook or one revision guide and you can work down the, the 12 topics or the 12 chapters in that. Uh, but if you're kind of pulling resources from different places, you know, over here you've got some webinars and a little video course on this part. And over here you've got a couple of lectures from a course you signed up to. And over here you've got a, a textbook and you're supposed to read chapters one to three of that. And then there's chapter eight of a different textbook. You know, it's, it's really helpful just to gather it all in one place. Uh, to give you clarity on the the big picture. And one thing you might do uh, as a little aside once you've you've gathered your checklist uh, in the first place is is prioritise. So move the higher priority items to the top, the lower priority ones to the bottom, or, or at least mark them out in some way. That allows you then to simply work on your tasks or topics in order of priority. 
So you start with the, the highest priority ones first, the ones you're, you're least happy about or, or the ones that are most likely to come up in the exam, uh, and then you work down to the least priority. So level one is just having a plan at all, whatever it looks like. Uh, level two is making that plan more effective. Uh, and as I say, I think the key to that is splitting up your timetable from your task list, having that separation between planning when it's time to work, that's the timetable, versus what you need to work on, that's the checklist. And it's those two things in combination that I really think are, are what gives the, any study plan that magic combination of simplicity and flexibility, uh, that that that's what it takes to make it actually useful to you in practice. So what if you've mastered all that already and and you're already sailing with with all of that? Well, is there a level three, a kind of advanced study uh, in all this? Well, I think there is. So uh, to to, to wrap up this uh, for today, I want to just share a couple of my I guess, slightly more advanced, more sophisticated tools and strategies that I would kind of consider level three uh, when it comes to study planning. A couple of my favourites here. So when it comes to your timetable or your routine, you might want to consider the theme day approach. So this comes in really handy if you have to balance your time across multiple subjects, or multiple areas of your course. Make sure you're giving appropriate attention to each one. So with the theme day approach, here you simply say, well, okay, when I'm studying on Mondays, Mondays are for, I don't know, chemistry. Tuesdays are for English. Uh, Maybe maths is a tough subject for you, so you give it two days, Wednesdays and Thursdays, Spanish on Fridays, and so on. So each day has its job. When you wake up on a Tuesday, you know, hey, Tuesday, it's English day. (laughs) Um, It helps keep you balanced across the week and also makes sure you're giving all subjects appropriate attention. And for a lot of people, different days of the week have slightly different characters, slightly different flavours anyway. Uh, You know, if you're in the working world, Monday is the first day of the work week. Uh, If you're not in the working, if you're in in the school or college week, um, you know, Monday might be the first day of classes uh, after the weekend. You know, Friday might be the first day, might be the last day of the week before the weekend when you don't have work or classes. Um, You maybe you have, I don't know, badminton on Wednesday nights and choir practice on Thursday nights or, or whatever. So, you know, every day has its own sort of character its own flavour anyway, theme days just kind of builds on top of that. So uh, it's a strategy I've experimented with a little bit in the past. The main way I use it now is I have Thursdays as my writing days. So uh, I don't have any um, coaching calls or, or, or school or school calls or school webinars on Thursdays. Uh, I just dedicate Thursdays to, to writing. Sometimes I don't even check my emails. Uh, so that's, you know, writing uh, notes for the podcast. It's uh, writing blog posts, books, uh, writing courses uh, for the Study Smarter Network or for for school clients, all that kind of thing. Um, one of the other advantages of the theme day approach is it's also flexible. So if you feel like you are at last getting on top of maths, um, but you're finding you're slipping a bit behind in Spanish and you're worrying about uh, how you're scoring in your Spanish mock tests, then maybe you dial back maths to just one day a week, dial up Spanish to two days a week. Now, how is this different to that kind of granular long-running plan I I, I I kind of mentioned as an example back in back at the start? Well, you know, I much prefer the theme day approach to, to sort of the approach of planning out hour by hour what I'll do for weeks into the future, because it's simple and therefore it's quick to make and also really quick to update. It's flexible. It's adaptable. You know, as I said, if you want to swap out Wednesday maths for Wednesday Spanish, you can do that. You don't need to spend hours rewriting that plan that you've got weeks into the future. 
So much for your timetable. What about your task list? Well, at level three, for more advanced scholars, uh, I like to see your checklist, not as a simple ticket off when it's done tracker, but rather it becomes almost almost like a diary or a record of what you've done and how it went. So rather than simply putting a tick by each topic when you study it, you might instead put a date beside it. Maybe you even have multiple columns for each different date on which you studied that topic. The first time you studied it, you write the date in column one. The second time you revisit that same topic, you write that second date in column two. You maybe even come back to it a third or even fourth time. Now, one nice tip here is to colour code your dates. So, if you are um, have if you had a really good day's practice on a particular topic, write the date in green. Uh, if you found that topic incredibly challenging, put that date down in red. Uh, you can do this with different colour inks if you're doing it by hand, or of course it's really easy if you're using a spreadsheet. You just um, you know change the change the background colour of the cell. The beauty of this is it informs your future practice, so it keeps your list of priorities almost up to date. It's, it's a living document. Um, and, and once you've been through all of your topics, perhaps for the first time, once you start to revisit topics for a second time, you'll want to be focusing your attention disproportionately on those topics where it had been hard the first time round. So the topics you've written down in red. And perhaps you might even do extra rounds of practice on those topics versus the ones that went pretty well for the first time of asking. Now, if you're starting to not follow every single detail of what I'm saying, I I won't entirely blame you. Like many of the things I teach, I believe some of these concepts and strategies really come alive when I can show you some illustrations. I can show you what this looks like uh, as, as, a, as a picture, as a graphic, uh, or show you some actual examples of, of what other students are doing. Um, it's much clearer, much more memorable, much more likely you'll be able to take the right ideas and apply them for yourself. That was one of the big drivers behind launching the Study Smarter Network, as it allows me to feature rich video lessons for you uh, on all this stuff. And and, and video teaching is absolutely my favourite way of teaching, uh, supported by, uh, I do really good slides, really nice slides. Um, As I mentioned earlier, uh, I am covering routine design and study planning uh, in much more detail as part of Productivity Power Up, uh, which is one of the pillar courses included in the Study Smarter Network, along with other courses on things like memory and learning and exam technique. When it comes to productivity power-up, uh, as well as uh, study planning, as we've been talking about today, you also get my full toolbox of strategies for overcoming procrastination, uh, practical tips for beating distractions and maximising your focus, uh, and even a few hacks for higher energy levels, all in service of helping you get as much productive studying done as possible, given limited available hours in the day. Sometimes I know for some of you, very limited available hours in the day for studying, uh, depending on your circumstances, fitting things around extracurricular activities, classes, maybe even family or, or, or career commitments. In addition to the course materials, you also get access to me for regular Q&A and personalised guidance on the best ways to put these ideas to work for you in whatever circumstances you're facing. Because as I've suggested, we're all different and what works for one person is not necessarily going to be the right fit for you. Having worked with hundreds of students uh, in one-on-one settings and, and tens of thousands more in group classes, I'm confident I'll be able to help you shortcut your way to the right approach for you. So if you're interested in the Study Smarter Network and finding out 
about what's included and, and how it all works, uh, do head over to examstudyexperts.com forward slash network. Uh, be delighted to help you further as part of the network. That's examstudyexperts.com forward slash network. Just to briefly recap what we talked about today before I conclude. Level one, have a plan at all. I don't mind how you do it, just switching on to having a plan at all is a really good start. Once you've got that in place, level two is taking your plan and making it good. So separating out having a clear timetable from having a checklist of topics. Uh, And if you want some more information on how to put your routine together, how to put your timetable together, uh, there's lots more on that as part of productivity power up in the Study Smarter Network. And then finally, level three, taking it to the next level, some slightly more advanced strategies like the theme day approach. Uh, And as we talked about having those kind of colour coded dates as the record of what you studied and when uh, on your overall master checklist. So I will see you back here tomorrow for my second upgrade, uh, which fuses the world of time management and routines, as we've kind of been talking about today, uh, as well as talking about accelerated memorization strategies uh, and kind of brings those two worlds together in uh, really quite a cunning way, if I say so myself. I'm really excited to share that strategy with you tomorrow. So do tune in for that. Uh, it's one of my absolute favorites. I really hope you'll be able to join me for it. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening today and wishing you every success as always in your studies.